Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, that's another thing i got to go back and watch. I told you, Rod, I recorded last two Sunday nights, CBS, after their NFL coverage, have done 60 minutes, and then a couple weeks ago they did the 50 years of uh, honoring hip-hop. Oh, yeah. That I recorded, I got back and watched that, and then this past weekend they aired the uh, 90th birthday of one Willie Nelson. The big 90th birthday party that had at the Hollywood Bowl with all the who's who of music. Coming out to sing some Willie Nelson tunes. I gotta we'll go back and watch that too. I bet that is cool. Yeah, I didn't. I recorded it, and it was way back on his actual birthday weekend when he turned ninety, and now they turned it into a you know two hour special. Saw Chris Stapleton doing one, Dave Matthews, mm. and just many, many, many That's more. His cool. son Lucas did a great job. So after I can watch that, I got some TV watching during the holidays. We're gonna have some downtime. You know, we're doing shows all the way through Friday, mm-hmm. and then we won't do a show again until take a little time off Thursday, the following Thursday, Rod. Yeah. We'll be off Monday, Christmas, and then, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going Wednesday. heavy bowl prep. Oh, man. Thursday and Friday. Heavy breakdown, we're going to be Texas, a, Washington. Like we, essentially 10 hour pregame for Texas, Washington. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. we've been dabbling in it here and there. I've been getting Well, there'll be other big bowl games. Yeah. And it'll be week 18 or, you know, the week 16 of the NFL. Yeah. Um, and there'll be a lot to but discuss. The fans will be. Oh. They'll be pretty one. Once they'll be pretty, they'll be pretty one dimensional when it comes to their mindset. Oh, they'll only focus on one. Well, day. Well, because we'll be through signing day, which yeah. is tomorrow. We've talked a lot today about Andrew Mukuba. Don't worry about the portal at that point. Yeah, portal. Well, yeah, probably not at that point. It's going to be really zeroing in on these games. But I think and, by then everything will be settled. Yeah, and you just got to worry about. By the way, beating Washington. I read a great Bruce Bruce Feldman article yesterday that we'll bring up tomorrow, Rod. That. Um, you know, Michigan continues to be the betting favorite over Alabama, but Bruce Feldman talked to uh, multiple coaches, like a dozen coaches who played against Michigan this year, and the, it's, it's kind of unanimous that they think Bama's going to win the game. Why? Yeah, well, because of the versatile quarterback, and they haven't seen a quarterback <laughs> like Jalen Milrow. Yeah, that's what I said. Jalen Milrow is the biggest issue. And Nick Saban with a month to prepare. <laughs> um, and, you know. Well, Nick Saban, Nick Saban pulled off a little, um, some, some, I would say, kind of uh, espionage, if you will, athletic espionage. Oh, yeah, he hired a former <laughs> coach from the Michigan staff that worked there at Michigan for the last two years, and he just hired this guy on his staff. And the, the guy has been immediately – brought on like they brought him on immediately he's not joining next season no he's, he's there for now he's there right now and i think he's there to give them some insight yeah on what michigan's gonna do because i think he's on the defensive side of the ball if i'm not mistaken he's defensive so i think he's for tommy reese yeah. and Saban's like i'll handle i'll handle you know the, the defense for alabama but i need our offense to know what their defense elite defense is gonna do yeah and that's uh that's the rose bowl ahead of mm-hmm. the uh, texas uh washington sugar bowl that night, what a, what a day of football that will be. And it will be all over it. So in addition to the shows next Thursday and Friday, Rod, we'll also have – I'm going to be headed to New Orleans, and thanks to our friends at Hayes City Store hey, and Taste on Main, Travis and Tamara Tindall. They're going to be our travel partners. Now, uh, i got to get to Taste. You need to get out to Taste. I ain't got to Taste yet. That's new, though, right? How long has it well, been there? It's been open not a year. Uh, right, last, okay. Yeah, that's relatively new. January or February they opened, finally. They, it was a two-year process to get through all the – 
historic building situations in Buda that they had to fight through, but they're they're finally open, and it's great. It is really a great spot at uh, Taste on Main. Actually, it was this spring that they opened, but uh, Taste on Main in downtown Buda. I always say this if you uh, with Taste, if you love a great steak or seafood. You don't have to go downtown Austin and fight, you know, parking and traffic and yeah. sit in the dark steakhouse. You can go to Taste. You know, go south, especially if you live mm-hmm. south, down into Buda and uh, right there, parking available. Great spot. Now, on a beautiful day like today is going to be, sit outside in the yeah. uh, treehouse area. Great. You can watch sports and get some great food. So, Taste is awesome. So, they're going to be our travel partner. But I will be there live with our pregame show on that Monday, Rod, because Monday is New Year's Day. We'll do a expanded pregame Monday before the 745 kickoff here on the horn, and then I will be broadcasting live the day after from New Orleans, NOLA, the NOLA. media hotel Ooh. with uh, eyewitness accounts Speaking of, of what good goes food. on. Yeah. Speaking of good food. I'm already trying to line that up. <laughs> right. That's you wonder about a crowded place, New Orleans, oh, Louisiana. It's, it's going to be packed. Well, it, it ain't gonna be, it's, it's going to be nothing like Houston if they make it to the national title game, though. Man, you think we'll see a lot of Longhorn fans in New Orleans. Man, you're going to see – uh, the Longhorns take over a city unlike you've ever seen before. If they, oh, period. Right. If they go to Houston, it's going. I mean, that's that's home. That's home base. It's home base. I mean, that's what. It's home base. It's home Whether base it's Alabama or fans. Michigan, it's going to be a lot of burnt orange oh, if they can yeah, get there. Man. It's going to be a road. It's going to be a road game for whoever. If Texas, you make it there. It's going to be a road. It's, honestly, it feels like a road game for Washington. It does. Considering they got to go all the way to the south from the Pacific Northwest. All the way to the south. Yeah, Texas you know Washington would have preferred to get that Rose Bowl, uh, oh, however the seating goes, yeah. and play West Coast. And yeah. Instead, they're coming to New Orleans to play Texas, who they played last year in the Alamo Bowl, so they know the, the rosters pretty well. Uh, and so that's out there, um, and we will certainly be ramping up our coverage. So that's our schedule. We're here all week, and then Thursday, Friday of next week, Rogers. So we put it out there. We'll yeah. have uh, national coverage the other days. I looked this up. So here we go. This is why I say, you know, I know you don't play fantasy football, but you used to. How about this is the year Christian McCaffrey is having. You know, typically, and, and Ty can, can weigh in on this, typically in fantasy football, the highest scoring players are all quarterbacks because okay. the quarterbacks put up the most points. Yeah, especially the ones that can run. But it's also when you're drafting your team, you don't draft a quarterback high because there's so many quarterbacks who put up big numbers. Yeah. It's, there's, you can always find a good quarterback uh, that, that's going to score a lot of points. It's harder to find a running back that scores a lot of points, mm-hmm. right, in this day and age of football. Yeah. So, you, you know, the, the – scarcity, right? Uh, position scarcity is a problem in fantasy football. So if you can get a running back like Christian McCaffrey, how about this? In my league that we that I play in, and I, I would assume it's in most leagues, Christian McCaffrey is the third highest scoring player in fantasy football. Christian McCaffrey this year in fantasy football has outscored Lamar Jackson. Pointed, point totaled. Wow. Dak, Purdy, Mahomes. He's got more total fantasy football points. He, he, the only players he trails are Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Yeah, it makes sense. In all of football. Quarterbacks that can run. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's got 1,300 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns. And if you're in a PPR league, which is catches, right, you get a point for every catch. Yeah. He's got 57 catches for 509 yards and seven touchdowns. So he is a point machine. But he's that, that that's, to me, what would separate him as an MVP is that everything that he does. You just heard Purdy and uh, – and uh, George Kittle talking about it. I mean, he is he's he is putting up huge numbers this year. So I do think he is worthy. And you know, of those quarterbacks, you know, who would you give the MVP to? Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy? Nah, probably not. Yeah, I mean, Purdy probably has the next best case to Christian McCaffrey right now. The way things are working, because yeah. we talked about how Dak was a front runner last week, and then the Cowboys' performance versus the Bills pretty much lost uh, Dak that MVP. Uh, how about this to back up the stats that you're bringing up? The only players to lead the NFL in touches, scrimmage yards, and scrimmage touchdowns in multiple seasons, including this season, uh, Jim Brown Ooh. did it three times. 
Christian McCaffrey is on his way to doing it twice. This season and in Carolina in 2019. Well, this pretty, year. It's pretty rarefied era to be in it. So well, this, McCaffrey would be the first to do so with multiple teams, though. Uh, Jim Brown obviously just did it with the same team. Well, listen, so far he's got 312 touches, right? So 244 carries. Uh, as we said, the 58, 57 catches. Uh, so 312 touches. And his, to- his yardage total, Rod, to this point, and he's still got three games to go. Still got three games. It's 1,809 yards. He's definitely going to get to 2,000. 20 touchdowns. Yeah, easily 2,000. Yeah, I mean, yards. it's a beast of a year. And it really, if you, you know, trace it back to last year when he got there, and you said this to us, and I think, you know, wisely through the offseason, that well, wait till Shanahan gets a full offseason to work. Because they drafted, from, they had traded for him during the season. During the season. Yeah, so they and were on so, the fly. They were kind of learning so on the fly. So they added a lot to his, to, to what he, his repertoire and, and plays designed for him and the, the runs he's best at, and, and they really installed all that through the offseason. So I'm voting for McCaffrey. That's going to be my vote right now. And we'll get to see him. If he can run all over this Baltimore defense on Monday night, that'll be big time. 2023 49ers are on pace to be the first team to rank top three in scoring offense, total offense, passing offense, and rushing offense since – 2000 Broncos. Damn. Shano's dad. Shano's dad. How cool is that? <laughs> the Shanahan sister. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure Pop was real proud of. Him. But yeah, man, it's right now they just seem like, unless there's an injury, and I'm going to knock on wood because my boy, I don't want anybody to get injured. They just seem like an unstoppable force of football right now. Well, and I watch them. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I watch a lot of football on Sundays and Monday. I mean, you just don't see a team like They're that. They're different. They're different. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the full combination of the elite players at every level. But then Kyle Shanahan's ability to dial up plays and scheme, and then gosh, it's just and they got ball. They got all pros on defense everywhere too. I mean, they well, they, they, I mean, they got they just added the to the D line. That's why I say it, it kind of reminds me of like a two thousand early nineties Cowboys team. I mean, they're just you don't see teams in the in the free agency era. And Ty, as a Cowboys fan, has asked this question: How did they stop? How did, how did, how did they get Chase Young? How did they get Chase Young? How did they get Chase Young? They get, they got Randy Gregory on the line now. for a third round pick. <laughs> you know, right? Well, because Carolina, bad organization, traded him Christian McCaffrey after paying him big money. Yep. Washington traded him Trent Williams. Um, and Chase Young. And Chase Young. <laughs> um, you know, they, so they've made wise trades. They've drafted shrewdly. Like Fred Warner's got it drafted. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, Funga, Debo, Ayuk, draft yep. picks, got right? drafted, yeah. Um, you know, Boza, draft pick. Uh, so they've done and to it. to think they, they had one of the worst trades in NFL history. Yeah. The, trading for Trey Lance. Like, in the history of the league. Yeah. This is one of the worst trades the NFL's ever seen. And they're going to recover from it and win a Super Bowl potentially. Yeah. That's wild, guys. Where would they be if they didn't screw up that trade so badly? It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> crazy, man. But as you know, you can make you can make really bad mistakes in the NFL and recover from them if you are making good decisions Elsewhere. in other exactly in other areas well, I mean, of your I organization. That, I mean, the, the, right? the, the Brock Purdy draft pick in the seventh round negates the terrible the, trade to Trey Lance and, and that and acquiring Trent Williams and uh, yes by right. a trade and and Christian McCaffrey yep. right. I mean those those moves make you a super team at a lot of levels if they stay healthy and that's what they have to do. How about this, Brandon Ayuk? People don't. Everybody talks about McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle. Brandon Ayuk's got 59 catches for almost 1,100 yards and six touchdowns this year. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is known as their man beater. Uh, the way because they just, everybody else moves around, right? Yeah. Everybody else in the offense, it is a it is a machine of multiplicity. 
everybody else is interchangeable, movable chess pieces. Christian McCaffrey is. Kyle Juszczyk is. Kittle can move around. Debo can move around. And that's what makes the offense so damn tough to defend. The only guy who really can't move around is Ayuk. So if you're a defensive coordinator, you're trying. At least he's the only kind of fixed right? Fixed weapon they have. He's going to be a wide receiver. He's not going to move around in the backfield. and not going to shift him around much. So usually teams will decide that they want to play zone or bracket guys like Debo who would move around or Christian McCaffrey because they're going to try to get him matched up on a line. Back and they go match up hunting. So Brandon Ayuk ends up in man coverage a lot. Yeah, and guess what? His uh, <laughs> you know he's got almost 1,100 yards on only 59 catches. His yards per catch, Rod, 19. Yeah, 19 yards per catch. Because we're going downfield. We're, we're going downfield. Going downfield on you. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. gonna be man coverage so, on you. So not yeah. to uh, to overly gush on the Niners, but I do think there's a clear. And maybe we'll find out Monday night when they play Baltimore. Because I think most people would say Baltimore is the second most complete team in pro football right now. Cowboys were in that conversation until they're you know, laid an egg on Sunday in Buffalo, so you can't trust them. Uh, Niners bring it every week uh, when they're healthy, and the three losses that they took consecutively came when Trent Williams and Debo Samuel were both hurt. When they have everybody, because that's I mean, you talk about the the Broncos for 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 Mike Shanahan. I've talked and been on the radio with Dan Neal, mm-hmm. who was on the, some of those yep. those those back to back winning Super Bowl teams, who said that offense they knew they couldn't be stopped mm-hmm. if, if they executed their job. Yep. They couldn't be – and remember, they had an offense that was Terrell Davis over 2,000 yards. They had Ed McCaffrey, Christian's dad. Rod Smith. Rod Smith, yeah. Shannon Sharp, a Hall of Fame tight end, and a really good offensive line. Then they had John Elway. And John Elway brought the legs element to it, right? He could run, and he had the clutch gene. That, that team uh, – I've heard Dan Neal say it. That we, we, if we ex- the only team that could stop us was us. Yeah. Uh, the scheme was perfect. All the, it, it really was. The, the personnel, the, how it matched up and compatible with each other. You're yeah, because right. they would. And now they're in the, 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 the you know, the, the missing link to me seems to be McCaffrey. And now they look like one of the. They got a 2,000 yard back. They've got, you know, two 1,500 yard receivers. They've got an all elite tight end and a great mm-hmm. offensive line. And as you said, oh boy, the, by the way, their defense is top three or four two in the league yeah so they they stop you and they score a lot that's why they're winning by such margins but it it's a it's an interesting team and this is the window they got to win this thing because the other part of it is that people brock purdy's making 800 grand this year mm. i mean his they don't have one of those 40 50 million dollar no. guaranteed contracts at a quarterback salary the man's got a roommate which mm. means you know this is this is he's got a roommate he does rent's expensive out it, there it I mean. is man we know it but it, like you said that is why the window for the the 49ers is this year and next year. Because after that, they got to start thinking about paying Purdy. Purdy. Yeah. And that's going to put them at a disadvantage. Right now, I think they got a shot potentially at winning, at having a window open to win two. Yeah, I think they do too. Yeah. Uh, and that's unfortunate. The Cowboys, these are some of their best teams, and you're up against this team that looks like the, the late 90s Broncos or the early 90s Cowboys, and uh, they're going to be built together for a couple of years now. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that. We've also got the Cowboys. This, this weekend is, is already you know, big game for the Cowboys. For the Cowboys with the Dolphins. Here's a tiebreaker. This is what Michael Gelkin said, um, and now I believe Todd Orchard has something out there too. If both teams with their final three games, Cowboys and the Eagles, if they both finish right undefeated and they win their final three games, they'll finish each 13-4, and four, and the tie would be broken by strength of victory. Currently, the Eagles have the better numbers as to strength of victory right now, which is a cumulative winning percentage of the teams um, a given franchise has beaten. 
Um, the Cowboys would potentially catch them, um, but whether they do hinges on whether the teams Philly has beaten this year lose enough games down the stretch and whether the teams the Cowboys have beaten win enough down the stretch. The cumulative record of the 10 teams Philly has beaten right now is 69-71 and 71 for the Cowboys, 53-87, and 87, so a 49% win percentage for the Eagles uh, opponents, 37% for the Cowboys in terms of uh, the strength of victory. Well, and think so, about that because the Cowboys are going to play better teams the rest of the yes. way where the Eagles are playing bad teams. So there you go. it's going to come down to if they both went out and if they both the Cowboys have to do something they haven't done in 15 years. We gave you that stat earlier. Give the last game, time the la- mind blowing. Well, the last time the Cowboys won a road game in December against a double-digit win team in a meaningful game because there were a couple on Week 17 where they beat the Eagles where the Eagles rested all their starters yep. in, in 2017, the year they won the Super Bowl, 2010. Week 17, neither team was playing for anything, but but the Eagles were 10 and six, and they beat them. But the game, the most meaningful win the Cowboys have in December on the road, goes all the way back to 2009. It's amazing when they went to New to New Orleans and beat Drew, beat Drew Brees and the yep. Saints 24-17. Tony Romo had a huge game. The late Marion Barber had a big game in that game. Yeah, Marion the Barbarian, and they that's the last time the Cowboys have gone on the road in December and beaten a, a quality double-digit win playoff team. Now, that Saints team went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was, that was with the best Drew team. And they were 13-1 at the time when mm-hmm. the Cowboys beat them. This Dolphins team is 10-4, and four, but they are also a Super Bowl contender. Uh, and as we said, you're going to get a motivated Dolphins team because they're looking at this saying, wait a second, if the Niners beat the Ravens Monday night, we beat the Cowboys on, on Sunday, we will pull even with them in the AFC mm-hmm. both at 11-3. and three. Yeah. So – lot to play for. So this is something this Cowboys organization has not done in 15 years. I cannot That's the challenge. That. Yeah, that uh, I cannot believe that. That's a culture thing. <clears throat> that's you know, that spans different coaches, that spans different quarterbacks, obviously different teams. Um and that's what man, to go that far back and not having won a meaningful game on the road that late in the season over a good team. And you're talking about a team that's won double digits, so it's probably one of the better teams in the NFL. Just show you the Cowboys, it kind of shows you why they have not been a championship contender, what, in 20-something years. I mean, it just, just goes back to it. Because that's what you got to do late in the season. If you're going to be able to win a Super Bowl, you got to beat a good team on the road. you got to be able to do that. And, the and Cow- by the way, the Cowboys that year did not win the Super Bowl. We know that. The Saints did, and they got punked by the Vikings in the playoffs, 34-3 to in Minneapolis. After winning a playoff game in 09 at home, they then went on the road and got spanked by Minnesota, 09. Mm, yeah, that's not a good sign for the Cowboys. And I think going up against Mike McDaniels, he's, he sees the blueprint to beat the Cowboys when they're away from home, and it's to run down their throat. Um, I, I saw this little Run stat. to the perimeter, which they do better than – they're as good as any team in the league. They do. I mean, they got more speed than anybody else in the league, and Mike McDaniels is a disciple of that Shanahan running scheme we were just talking about. Uh, so they got that zone blocking running scheme, and they can run it really well. If Jonathan Hankins can't go, that was a big part of why – High ankle sprain. Yeah, you saw Buffalo go heavy personnel a lot so they can run the football down the Cowboys' throat, and they did it really successfully. James Cook had his best game <laughs> as a pro – um, and I, I saw them go 22 personnel at times against the Cowboys. That's two backs, two tight ends. And the Cowboys would be in dime. Now, this is – I'm not sure what Dan Quinn's out of motivation was and what his – you know, at least what his game plan was going into the, the Buffalo game. But once they started to adjust and go heavy personnel, it was strange to see Texas stay in sub – sorry, to see the Cowboys stay in sub-packages. 
Because they stayed in in dime packages think, a lot of times. I think time. Dan Quinn would have the idea that they're not going to run the ball. We, they're going to they're going to beat us with the pass, and we've got to be ready. for Even that. when they go two running backs and two tight ends on the field, yeah, there were times where they would go two twenty two personnel against the Cowboys dime package, which is six DBs, and they would outweigh them by a difference of a three hundred three hundred ninety pounds. Shout out to my man uh, Jacob Dedimo who threw that stat out there. That's thirty five pounds per player. And I got this little nugget um, from my man Doug Farrer. He says, "How about?" He said, "This is the quote from his tweet." This is one of those stats I had to look up about 10 times just to believe it. The Cowboys have played six DBs against 221 rushing attempts this season. They play more six DBs than any team in the league. They love their DBs. Man, they play more three safeties than any team in the NFL. They play more six DBs, dying packages than any team in the league. And they're really good at it, by the way. The Patriots ranked second in six DB packages, dying packages against rushing attempts. You don't know how many the Patriots have? Mm-mm. 43. <laughs> 43 Bill Belichick still knows something about defense I think Alright he still needs He may not know anything about roster construction and, and, off, and offense And coaching development But he knows something about defense And he's on And by the way He loves dying packages He was playing the three high Three safety defense against Patrick Mahomes Years ago Before anybody in the NFL started using it He loved dying packages And yet the Patriots Ranked second In dime package defensive snaps Versus uh, rushing attempts with 43, and the Cowboys are at 221. Four of James Cook's five explosive runs came against dime packages when the Bills were in heavy sets. Yeah. So what? Can you explain this to me? Because Dan Quinn's a smart guy. Why is he playing dime package when teams are trying to run it down his throat? Well, I, I think look, all I can say it's is Because of linebacker injuries? Linebacker injuries. Marvion Overshawn, Lady Van Der Esch. And then he didn't. He we he trusted what we talked about that the Bills are not a running team that they'll cede to the pass that they'll put it in Josh mm. Allen's hands and that's where we'll get our interceptions. You know, give give uh, Joe Brady credit for saying you know what if you're going to give us that look we're running yeah uh, and we're going to run up we're going to because James Cook's never had a game like that 221 yards from scrimmage best game he's ever had. Well, and guess what? I mean, I got to think if you're if you're scouting the Dolphins, what's Dan Quinn thinking? We got to stop Tyreek Hill. We've got to stop Jalen Waddle. We may have to go to some dime. Well, your your guy Mike McDaniel will pivot right back to heavy. Yes, he will, and he will run the ball, and he will get outside. And it'll be Devin A. Chain, and it'll be Raheem Mostert. Who, by the way, as far as fantasy football running backs, highest point scoring running backs this year, Christian McCaffrey, number two, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, don't take a bad angle. By the way, they n- another issue with the Cowboys. So they're playing dime, and it's, okay, if you're gonna play dime. And you're going to let them outweigh you by 390 pounds, all right, on the field and just have more mass and girth on the field. And you're going to go with your, your sub packages. Okay. But they have to be able to tackle. Cowboys missed 12 tackles. Yeah. So on top of you playing a smaller sub package, so you, they just playing bully ball and pushing you off the football. But then the guys are missing tackles down the field. So Dan Quinn's got to figure this out. I know he loves dime. I love dime. And I'm not sure if – if the Cowboys were coming in, I got to go back and rewatch the game. If they were coming in playing the dime, and then the adjustment by the Bills was, all right, they're playing dime. Have they light? Let's go heavy and let's run it down their throat. Well, or if they went heavy and ran the foot, if they were running the football going heavy because they were like, hey, they don't have no Jonathan Hankins. So they're missing their best rush defender on the defensive line. Let's go heavy. Let's run the ball. And if that is the case, then why didn't Dan Quinn just adjust with Agreed. heavier sets of 40 personnel? Well, I mean, again, not to they, keep going back to the fantasy football, but the highest scoring player in all of fantasy football is Josh Allen. So if you're Dan Quinn, you're going in saying, we have to stop Josh Allen. Stop Josh. No, that's true, because he plays hero ball. And he plays hero ball, yeah. and we've got Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox. We've got to stop these guys. 
Well, guess what? I mean, Josh Allen didn't do anything. He killed fantasy owners this weekend because he's been so good, and he completed seven passes, and he didn't have to do anything. He did score a touchdown uh, running, but either way, I mean, that was that's breaking tendency, it seems to me, for Buffalo, and the Cowboys never reacted to it, um, and that's on Dan Quinn. And guess what? This, this, this Miami team's very similar. You're going to go in thinking, i got to stop these receivers. we got to play deep. We've got Tyree Kill. We can't give up big plays. Jalen Waddle. And they'll run the ball on you. They, they will. really will. They run 21. They run like two backs in the backfield. They'll they put A-Chain and Mostert in the yeah. backfield together. Uh, a lot of motion. Uh, and, you know, they'll – I don't think but – you, but you wouldn't have said that the offensive line in Buffalo is an elite, you know, physical low line. But no. they didn't need to be when you're playing dime. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. They didn't need to be. No. They're, going, they're like, oh, i got to block a DB? Yeah, thank the Lord. This is great. Yeah, be like the guy from DeSoto <laughs> High School. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't they Byron Walker? Byron Washington. Yeah, that dude. So Man, Let me mother up on this guy. So, if Cowboys fans, you're wondering what went wrong, that's in a gist, in a nutshell, that's it. Cowboys were way too small, too many sub packages. They went heavy. That's why James Cook had his best game ever. And on top of the Cowboys being light, all right, because they just play a lot of sub packages against those heavy sets when they ran the football, they missed a ton of tackles. They just couldn't tackle. Yeah. The, the, All right, the, welcome back. The pursuit Go angles ahead. in that game were terrible, too. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I, no, that's right. one thing I know. Like, Curse, Hooker. I mean, like, Hooker didn't play, but uh, it was. And having Marquis Spell at linebacker as a smaller guy, too, didn't help at all. And, and to your point, Ty? Didn't one of the linebackers get hurt in the game, Ty? Um, Demon Clark the kid, got hurt. Yeah, he yeah. got hurt in that game. Which they cannot afford linebacker injuries because well, that's maybe the why they had to, show, Maybe LBE. when he got hurt in the game, maybe they had, maybe to, they had to go time. down. That's yeah. a good point. I, I never. Th- I, was like, I go back and rewatch. I'll go back and rewatch and find out chicken or egg, which one of these things came first. Um, but to Ty's point, if they're bad at angles trying to catch James Cook, you know who destroys angles? The Miami Dolphins. They don't exist versus the Miami Dolphins. That's the Broncos. They are who exactly, gave up 70 to that There are game. no angles going against uh, I mean, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, that's a scary thought. That scary game thought. is 325 Christmas Eve. We'll come back when we do uh, shame on the L.A. Lakers. Uh, two stories from the NBA last night, Rod. Oh, I, so, I got a Laker nugget for you. You're a dog guy, too. We got a dog story and a shame a on the Lakers story. And then Rod's taking us behind the BOC one more time. Before we get out of here, it'll be what's popping before 11 o'clock. It took him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. And if anyone don't like it, just look up in yes, the Yes, sir. Eye. Thank you, Willie. I didn't come here and I ain't Good stuff there, Ty. Good stuff. Uh, all right, so... Before the top of the hour, we'll get some what's poppin' here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. We've also got a National Signing Day tomorrow, remember. We'll have you covered starting at 6 a.m. The uh, we you know They still do some fax machines, but I think now it's a more of a docu-sign commitment that the, uh, the prospects make. And uh, Longhorn's expecting up, upwards of 22 commitments tomorrow. And the latest being Xavier Phil Sami, a five-star safety. And there are some services that have him ranked as four-star. And Jerry Hamilton, who was with us earlier this morning, if you missed that conversation, really good info from Jerry, the senior recruiting analyst from On3 Sports. Oh, he yeah. was outstanding. He let us know that you know there are 32 players at five-star because the services kind of do it like a first round of the NFL draft. So who are the top 32 players? And that's what signifies a five-star player, Rod. So if you're in okay. that top 32, mm. you get the fifth star. Okay. Uh, because you're you're considered a first round draft pick out of high school essentially, yeah, right? Yeah. And Phil Sami, he said, because there was a kid from uh, 
that's going to Alabama who reclassified, did the whole Quinn Ewers thing. Oh, yeah. And he took one oh, of the five-star spots, spots, and it knocked Phil Simi down uh, to 33. I got gotcha. you. So that's how close he is to being okay. a five-star player. Who cares, right? It's a star. But he's a really good player. You've watched him. He's 10'5 in the 100 meters. It's really fast. Oh, man, he is. Uh, but big, right? Big safety, six foot, 100 rangy. As you said, watching him on film, just think of Derek Williams. If you saw Derek Williams playing this year for Texas, it'll look a lot like Xavier Phil. He, he really does, and I think he's I think he's a little faster. Yeah. than Derek Williams, straight away, just speed. Oh, yeah, yeah, track guy. Yeah. Uh, and so he is flipped from Florida, and he's going to commit with Texas tomorrow when he can officially, and that's the 22nd commitment. Jerry also said something really interesting right about uh, uh, the players who won't commit. In because remember the 72 hour window opens tomorrow morning. And it's open for three days. But mm-hmm. most people are just going to get it out of the way. But there will be – there are guys – there are two players that are committed to A&M that may not commit in this window. They are going to wait until February. And there are a couple of guys that the Longhorns are interested in. Dominic McKinley, mm-hmm. a big defensive tackle out of Louisiana. That's right. There's a linebacker from Jasper uh, who is who's kind of leaning – who knows. And then there's a the, – gosh, so who's the, the, the speedster? Terry Bussey from Timpson. The two-way school, if you saw him in the state title game last week, Rod, he, like, he had a 97-yard touchdown. He had a 95-yard touchdown. He's playing two-way football, but he's oh, a five-star player. So he's just – So he's just – yeah, man amongst boys out there. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah, – yeah. he's a littler guy, yeah, but he's but a game – But yeah. But they can't tackle him. They can't, can't catch him. Catch him. <laughs> <laughs> can't catch him. Yeah. And so – but he is committed to A&M, and there's talk that maybe he's – and if you saw the state championship game, he's wearing long – burn orange – he's wearing Bevo gloves. Like gloves he got from UT at his visit or whatever. Okay. I don't know. There you go. That's a good sign. That's always a good sign. But Jerry's report on them is they're not going to commit with Texas tomorrow, but they may not commit at all. And they're, they're Aggie verbals, but they're going to wait and see on this Mike Elko thing, mm, I guess. I yeah. don't know. I want to see if how, Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, though. Yeah, it does. So we'll follow that story. But so they're going to keep a couple of spots open. Looks like it. Just, and just in case. Yes, just okay. in case. Flipmas. Flipmas. As the young people call it. Here, I love this text. It says uh, – don't have to listen to you too long to know y'all want the Cowboys to lose. Cause that's not true. We were Rod was explaining why they lost. Is that actually rooting for them to lose? Yeah, I, I can't. That's, I always I'm, I always root for the Cowboys. My kind of my quasi team. <laughs> yeah. It's a um, decent amount of smack talk between Texans and and Cowboys fans. Both both kind of talking crap about each other. In well, the both Texans teams are knows. actually good. I mean, the Texans are actually in the playoff race. So there's for the first time in a while the Texans fans can actually say something. But and the Cowboys are good team. But yeah. we were just talking about the, uh, the just, autopsy of how I, you get smoked thirty one to ten. Yeah, I'm the Cowboys what, fan here, and I I was probably out of all three of us last week i was the one telling everyone that the cowboys are going to lose this game he was that was it and And ty told us he said they he said basically the cowboys have a tough time kind of handling success that's basically what you came back well and what is that that leads to this game that's why we mentioned the last time they won a meaningful december game against a double digit win team was 09 that's can they because typically the the cowboys do bounce back right Mm -hmm. their entitlement shows up and they lose a game and then they'll bounce back because they're very talented but can they do it? This is a bad matchup for them, in my opinion, based on you just talked about their run defense. You're playing a team that you're going to have to come in with a game plan to stop the pass, and they can run the ball. Uh, but, by the way, your offense can't go out and score 10 points either. No. <laughs> I mean, but you're Dolph- often, you're- As we talk about, Dolphins are an immature team, too. They are, too. They you know I mean? Been- they, 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 they don't necessarily show up and win teams. big games. Yes. They, they had that collapse down the stretch against the Titans. They probably should have won that game. Remember, we were talking early in the season yeah, about them. should have won that game. Yeah, we were talking about them early in the season being much like the Cowboys because they hadn't beaten a good team. Because they lost to Buffalo and Buffalo. Yeah, they, they both, both raced bad teams but lose to good teams. in Germany. Yeah, so they I, – listen, I think the Cowboys can win this game. I think they will bounce back. Um, but, I mean, that, like I said, before – before, the, before this game, I thought the Cowboys were going to beat the Buffalo Bills. I said it before the game. They did not. Um, and I said they did. It would have to be Dak because I came in talking about the big Dak energy. And if 
basically if Dak could lead them to a victory, he continued well, to be the front my... runner in the MVP conversation. He's not because they did not. Well, that was the concern, <laughs> right, if you're a Cowboys fan is – if you go there and get beat thirty-one twenty-eight, and you have a hard-fought game, no and you lose on the road. It's what the NFL. That's the, yeah, exactly. But to get beat in every phase, I mean, Mike McCarthy's yelling at John Bones Fossil, the special teams coordinator, yesterday because, you know, the, the, his guy ran into the punter, roughed the punter mm-hmm. that extended a drive that went for a touchdown. Um, you're pointing out Dan Quinn's inadequacy, not adjusting to jumbo packages. That's weird because Dan Quinn's awesome. I know. That was weird. And Mike McCarthy's offense was garbage. They scored 10 points. And he's been great. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, the whole it was a whole fail across the board fail. Yeah. And so can they all get back up and play a, a, a Miami team? Yeah, they got a lot to prove. Are, are, they, are they the real deal? Um, we'll see. That game is on Christmas Eve afternoon. Yeah. Uh, real quick, right before we go behind the burn orange curtain, we kind of just did there. But so the Lakers played last night. They played the Knicks. And uh, two things. One, if you sit right in the front row, there was a, a dog. Brody the Golden Doodle was sitting in a seat courtside, yes, with a Laker jersey on. Damn, he must be a rich doodle. Yeah, so his owner (laughs) apparently has him as a support animal. Oh, gotcha. And he attended the game. And you got to see this thing. Look at this thing doing a dance to the music. It, like, sits on its butt in the seat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Look at this. Oh, that thing's a fan favorite. That's going to become an unofficial mascot right there. Well, so I will already tell you that the Golden Doodle already has – he probably got a Twitter account for it, Instagram. Yeah, he's got an Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> a million followers on Instagram. Yeah. he's Brody better. the Golden Doodle. That Brody's better at social media than you are. That's right. I, I know <laughs> this has nothing to do with Brody, but do people – do you, do you all think the Lakers are good this year? I know you all have been paying much attention to the NBA, but in your mind, do you think the Lakers are good? Uh, do you think, think they have a chance contender. to win the championship? No, I, I don't think No, they're age, not going to win the title. I would pick Denver or Here's my Milwaukee, Lakers stat for you. Here about this. Boston. Since the NBA in-season tournament final on December 9th, uh, which didn't count towards the standings, remember, that's just the NBA in-season cup, the NBA cup. The Lakers, who are 15-12, and 12, they're 1-3 since then, <laughs> and number eight seed in the West, while the Pacers, 13-12, and 12, are 1-4 and four since then, and number eight seed in the East. They've fallen apart. <laughs> Too much stress. And by the way, their one victories, each one, came against the Pistons, who are the worst team in the league, and the Spurs, and the Spurs who are one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, no, that, Come on. That, unbelievable. And they hung their Come banner on. last night, though. That, that was so the other point. Is they were, they, you got 17 world championship uh, banners. 17. <laughs> and right next to it, Rod, they raised the NBA Cup banner last night. Kobe's turning over in his grave, <sighs> man. LeBron, yeah, LeBron's championing, championing. I can't say that word right now, but you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but it's, it's not his. <sighs> it is his fault. I, I, you know, I, I agree you, with you. You know, Ty. him and Adam Silver had a conversation where it was like, "Hey, exactly. LeBron, I know this doesn't matter to you at all, but we got to make it seem like it matters." And and everyone can see through that completely. You no, know, it matters to LeBron because LeBron wants to be an owner in the future, and the the future revenue of the league, right, and the health of the league matter to LeBron not only because of his legacy, but also because he wants to be an owner. Yeah, he wants to be one. He of wants them. to own one of them teams. So the NBA Cup's gonna matter to an owner. Yeah, it's about revenue, well, and man. You can say that it's phony, <laughs> and that's fine. We know your distaste for LeBron James. A lot of people don't like LeBron James. That's fine. But we we played the Brian Windhorst audio last week. He, you know. Adam Silver, when this thing came on, went to LeBron and said, "I need you to buy into this. Got to. Man. It's got to be important. Uh, the only because they want to sell this thing advertising wise for a billion dollars. They want this thing to become a huge revenue source for them in coming years. So yes, is LeBron playing along with the league and?" As you say, wants to be an owner one day. Yes, absolutely. And the uh, league's playing thing. along with him because they gave him, yes. they, they handed him this championship. 
and they'll hand him a, a Quote, unquote, unquote, champion. Out, uh, <laughs> how did they, they hand it to him? He had to win the no, pool. They had to win their way to it. You don't think there was something to that? You don't You don't no, think there was – you think he just – they cleanly made it through the whole way with no no help at all? I didn't watch it, so I can't I, even I can't either. Angle I, I, I also know you believe in every conspiracy he, that ever comes he down is, by. He so. is a phony. And you, like, and there's, been, there's meme accounts that are dedicated to exposing LeBron as a phony. I mean, my favorite to him with the, the Malcolm X book when he's, um, he has it. And, yeah. And like, that oh, was bad. What, that was what, bad. He is – yeah, that's multiple times like he's, he's been caught multiple. Yeah, he's been caught multiple times lying about reading a book, sure. <laughs> like saying he read a book when he didn't read the book. And I, yeah, that right, that's that's or stupid. I don't know why. Oh, oh and how he says when when Kobe scored eighty in that game, he's like, yeah, I called it before that game. I said he's dropping eighty. Like he's just no. completely serious. It's like, come on, LeBron, are you really he, that full of yourself? I mean, I realize been, you're a great, you're one, probably the second best basketball player ever but like do you really need to do that all this extra stuff well, and, and it's not him on the court it's all the I mean, this, is, this is the worst stuff you can find on a guy that's been in our public conscience okay. for 25 years there's one it person is. i dislike that played in the i didn't dwayne wade's my least favorite player ever well, that's because okay. that's a math thing too. that's because of the foul, yeah. foul, foul i'll say this though ty to your point and i don't disagree with uh, what you're saying because lebron has lied straight out publicly sure. and like in and, and i for no reason actually sometimes too like he actually once said he was going to do the dunk contest I remember, I remember as a young player saying, oh, yeah, I'll do a dunk contest. It's a couple of years. I'll do it just so you know it's going to happen. And he never did the dunk contest. And I always blame LeBron for the dunk contest becoming more and more unpopular. It's not. It's still a really good competitive event, but it's not a star-studded celebrity event anymore because it used to be kind of a rite of passage for great players, Dr. J, MJ, Kobe. And I think it would have continued to be a rite of passage for young players if LeBron had done it. Yeah. But he didn't, and you know, and and to Ty's point, the reason he didn't do it is because LeBron, the thought of him losing and being shown up by somebody else in there was too humiliating for LeBron. Agreed. Even though I don't think LeBron would have lost, I think he would have won. But he won't take the same approach. He won't take the same risk that MJ did. You know, what I mean, and that Kobe did with it. Like, no, no, I'm the best, and if I lose, you know what? I'm gonna win it one time. He never did that because he doesn't want his image. All right, to end up, you know, to, to take a hit. And I think that's ultimately what they want to avoid with the, N- the NBA Cup, right? If LeBron signs off on it like he, he didn't do for the, the, the dunk contest, now no, no big-time players, no elite players enter the dunk contest anymore. You let it die off. They don't want the NBA Cup to become that. So they need the best player in the game, LeBron, to sign off on it. So I agree with you, Ty. It is manufactured, but it definitely is for the, it's for the best for the league. It's what's best for the league. It is. Grow interest and grow revenue, to. big picture. And that, that, that's why the Lakers hung the banner. They know that's kind of embarrassing, but the league wants that up there. They want it up there. They yeah. want it to matter to every team. So, <laughs> so now other teams will hang the banner. Right. And you, yeah. you're right. Kobe is rolling over his grave. And if uh, Kareem hadn't broke his hip, he'd be rolling over in his hospital bed. He'd be bed. pissed off too about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's lowering the standard. It I is. mean, it really is. It so is. I There's get it. No doubt. But if, it, if they can sell it for a billion dollars, as Windhorse says, then it's, every player will, will benefit from that. Mission accomplished. In their paycheck. Hey, can we yeah. get uh, real quick behind the burn orange curtain with real Rod quick. before we go to who said that? I mean, what's popping? What's popping? And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, a lot of buzz on the 40 acres. We've been talking about it all uh, day long, the uh, commitments that the Longhorns have gotten via recruiting and via the transfer portal. So it's more about acquisition season. Uh, Xavier Fields to me, who is the, as he pointed out, right on the verge of being a five-star uh, safety. Uh, but he is a hell of a player. He is, he is, he's, he's a dude. 
he's, he's got elite speed in coverage, but also elite closing speed. I think both of those matter a lot to the Longhorns. Uh, they want guys, first of all, coverage specialists, and if you can run, <laughs> all right, and with, uh, with all the wide receivers are considered fast guys, a lot of teams put their fastest receivers in the slot these days. Uh, Xavier feels that he can cover guys in the side. He can cover from depth. I think he can cover also if you brought him up and brought him up into more of um, a shadow position or you brought him up to play some press. I believe he could do that too. You didn't see much of that on film, but he's got the raw materials for that to translate. Ran a 10-500 meters, and that was early on, I think as a sophomore or something, as he brought up. So we know he's got elite track speed, documented speed. Uh, but what I love about his game is – that speed, it is something that as a as a coach, uh, you can specifically weaponize. And I think the closing speed is what the Longhorns are looking for from their safety. And you see it with Derek Williams too, by the way. He's got some of that elite closing speed. They want safeties that can close from depth and be forced defenders in the run. And the reason that's important is because the Longhorns play a lot of cover four. They play a lot of quarters coverage, match quarters. They play a lot of quarters coverage. which means their safeties, two safeties, are going to be too high shit looks when they're going to come from deep and if you come from 12, 13 yards deep, you need to be able to run the alley effectively, right, with precise angles to the football to be able to come down and feel as a forced run defender I always say just because you got six guys in the box doesn't mean there are six guys in the fit you're going to have eight, nine guys in the fit and that's the key to having a, a safety that can run the alley and has elite closing speed and also when Texas does its rotations to its, its single high looks because they play a lot of quarters coach, but when they go to single high looks, they rotate from from too high. So either way, you're going to want that safety coming down with closing speed because sometimes the rotations are late. I talked about the last uh, game versus Washington. In Alamo Bowl, Texas had late rotations all right, with their safeties coming down to be uh, defenders in the box, and they would often rotate uh, the opposite side of the run. If you get those guys who can rotate quicker and they have elite closing speed, they may be able to come down and feel a little bit quicker uh, in the run game. So I think that's what I love about them. Also, elite coverage skills, uh, ability, that's what they're prioritizing now. Coaches know you can't teach coverage, so they're recruiting it. Xavier Phil Samee can cover. Andrew Makuba coming in. He can cover uh, via the transfer portal. He's going to come in, I think, and be the nickel for Texas. Uh, they got him projected as a guy that can play safety and nickel. Dabble Sweeney says he can play nickel, play safety, play cornerback for you. Most versatile defender in the secondary is probably going to be Andrew McCuba the day he walks in uh, to that Texas locker room in terms of the versatility he can provide in the secondary. He's not a guy. He's got 10 forced incompletions uh, in 2021. He had 10 forced. That was top five among defenders uh, in the Power Five. Um, he has 344 coverage snaps and zero TDs allowed. So he's stable and consistent as a player. 315 uh, snaps in the uh, slot, 160 at free safety last year, 96 in the box. Guy can move all around, and he's a really, really dependable coverage defender. 20% completion percentage allowed in coverage. So he's to me, he's more of a disruptor. He doesn't always make the splash play. Because he's got like one pick and he's got mm, around 20-something pass deflections in his career. And not a lot of tackles for loss either. He doesn't always make the play, but he creates a lot of plays. Creates a lot of havoc. Creates a lot of disruption. Creates a lot of chaos with him on the field. And if you just watch the film, which is why I think Matt Miller saying he's he's a good, he's a pro, an NFL prospect. And NFL scouts love him and they're watching him and they got him ranked pretty high. is because you watch film on him, the film actually, in my opinion, gives him a lot more credibility, and I think it increases his stock a lot more than the stats do. 
because he doesn't make a lot of splash plays. But like I said, he creates a lot of plays. That's what I love about Makuba. Makuba. Um, could be a walk-in starter for Texas, as Roger said. Will be, yeah. And uh, could be a huge impact to that secondary because it's going to be very young next year. Outside of, you know, you look at uh, yeah. Taff and – They'll be young. Um, they're going to be young. Um, All over the place, you're with, right. Uh, a lot of youth. And, uh, you know, as Anthony Hill emerges as your go-to linebacker, they also are going to have to replace Jalen Ford. I mean, that's a big conversation for next year. Mo Blackwell? Uh, Mo Blackwell. In conversation. Leona LaFau is a guy that they like. Yeah, in the conversation. Um, you know, so we'll see. There, but that's They the, might get one in this class. Uh, they look like, I think this kid, was it Ty Anthony Smith? Is he in this class? That's is that a kid him? from Jasper. Is he in this uh, 2024? Record? Yeah, he'd be. They like him a lot. They do too, yeah. yeah. Well, look, remember, the, the linebacker class of last year was really good. I mean, mm-hmm. Samaje Burrell, uh, Darian Gallette is a great athlete. Um, he's a guy out of, of uh, East Texas that they came in. They, Jeff Choate, who's leaving to go take a head coaching job, he did a hell of a job on the recruiting trail last year. Anthony mm-hmm. Hill would, was the bell cow, but. Yeah. They got three. They had four or five good linebackers, much like they're doing with the defensive backs this year, uh, really stocking them up, yep. and uh, you, they're going to be important. Because look, you're losing Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, and Jalen Ford, and Jade Barron. Those central are, nervous system. Yeah, those That's are your central nervous system right there. Yeah, and you got to <laughs> have guys stepping up and developing, which this staff has shown they can do, and you got to have young guys coming in to to take the next phase. Because I do think this has a as PK builds it in his image and what he wants. Now understanding the Big Twelve, as you explained, Rod. This this could be a faster defense. This is uh, such yes. a physical defense yep. right now. It's so powerful and at the point of attack. But I, I think in that. the future they're going to be a faster defense. I agree 100%. Uh, and be able to cover, to be able to wreak havoc on passers and force turnovers and sack the quarterback. That's really what they want to be. All right, we come back. When we do, it'll be uh, uh, what's popping what? for a busy – well, not as busy it's been, but a busy Tuesday night. We'll get you what's coming up tonight. And we'll be watching. It's what's popping coming next. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. Oh, man, what's poppin'? How about this? Bowl game tonight, Rod. Got a bowl game tonight. Okay. And it might have some local flavor. The UTSA Roadrunners, led by Jeff Traylor. Are playing in the Frisco Bowl tonight against Marshall, 6-16. Six That's an emotional game. Is this the last Frank Harris game? I think so. Um, the quarterback, because, I mean, that's all Jeff Trailer. I mean, it's the only quarterback he's known there. This will be an emotional game because this is the end of an era, if it is the end of the Frank Harris They will be era. playing at the uh, Cowboys practice facility there in Frisco, indoors. Okay. Um, where the Cowboys practice is where they're going to play tonight. So, uh, I like that. I think it only seats like 12,000. Well, I don't know how many are traveling. Oh, you say it's UTSA versus who? Is that who's? where they're playing this? Or, or are they playing it in the – I don't know if they're playing it in that or in the, the – I don't know where they're playing this game. But either way, it's in Frisco, somewhere in Frisco. Okay. Toyota Stadium. Where is Toyota Stadium? Uh, I don't know. They always get renamed because of naming rights deals, so it's probably a stadium that we know. We just can't uh, figure it out. But that's tonight. It's on ESPN. It you kicks say, off at 8 o'clock. UTSA versus whom? Marshall. Marshall. Thundering, Thundering Herd. I have not watched Marshall. UTSA are big-time big favorites in that game. I think it's like 12 they are, and a half points. They're by 20. Well, and, and my supercomputer says they're going to win by 20. So, um, yeah, well, for, it's, a, it's the last game for Frank Harris, I think. Yeah, let's go out with a bang. And, of course, a quarterback. Recruiting in Texas. What's That's the, the supercomputer you're talking about here? You, oh, it's just a got got little algorithm over there? Yeah, my algorithm. <laughs> I've got my algorithm. I've, I've been talking to the, 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 the MIT guys, and we've got a supercomputer. Uh, but, yeah, they say the final score is going to be 43 to 22. Man, I can't believe Jeff Trailer did not get hired in this Cycle. Coaching carousel. It's like it's so weird. It just it just never worked out for him. Baylor ended His up keeping seven million Orlando. dollar buyout hurt him. Yeah, you're right. Because you know they want to keep him there, and you know Houston right. may have, but they were you know, Willie Fritz was a good choice for them. Yeah. And he didn't cost us seven mil. Didn't cost a buyout. <laughs> 
You're right. How did they? His agent, his agent screwed that one up, huh? That's Got too it. expensive of a buyout for for UTSA. Yeah, yeah. If it was you, if you had a destination job, okay, I get it. Seven million dollar buyout. I'm at my dream job anyway. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not your dream job, you can't have a seven million dollar buyout in your contract. That was his con- that that because he's trying to push that administration to keep investing in the program. Yeah, yeah. He wants nil dollars and, and boosting. Pay dollars. his coaching staff. He's done he a was, great job. That was his commitment to them. Was okay. I, you know, I'm, I want to be here. So well, um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, now I want to know. I, I need to see Jeff Trailer post Frank Harris. Who's his quarterback? Do we know who his quarterback in the future is going to be? That's going to be a big question. You know, for them. know Mike, Mike Craven. He'll buddy. know. Yeah, ask uh, Mike when you talk Texas. to him because I want to know who his quarterback in the future is going to be. Because that he, needs to be a, that needs to be a prime location for a, a, a transfer quarterback too, potentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. All right. So that's tonight, eight o'clock. So you have actually a football game to watch, a bowl game. Uh, also, you got some good NBA tonight. If you're into that, you got. Well, this will not be good. The, 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 <laughs> After beating the Lakers Friday night and then going and playing the New Orleans Pelicans and giving up 150 points. Spurs? Spurs are playing the Bucks tonight. Oh, oh they're going to get whipped. In Milwaukee. Yeah, they're going to get whipped. whipped. They, they don't play drove. at Lickety. Yeah. That's, that's but Golden State plays Boston tonight. That's a good game. That's at Golden State. It's late TNT. Boston at Golden State. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'd be that'd kind of sexy. And Draymond Green suspended. Indefinitely. We still don't know. Yeah. Just, I think he's got a, they're still deciding what the therapy, right? He's going to go – Go through therapy and all these other different. Uh, pro- my protocols. idea would be do it live with Dr. Phil. <laughs> that would get ratings through the roof. Dr. If Phil grilling Green, him. Yes. Where's your Dr. Phil coming from, Draymond? Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that. I'm with you, brother. Let's so, do it. Toyota Stadium is where FC Dallas plays. Okay, so it's the soccer stadium. Thank okay. You very much. That's pretty cool. Which is right there in Frisco. Everything's yeah. brand new in Frisco. None of it existed like. Isn't that where the uh, where the D2 championship is too? Yeah, I think so. Montana? Oh, yeah. You yeah, because they have right the minor that. league park there in Frisco, the baseball stadium, then they've got the hey, practice my, facility, my, and they've got the uh, – and my, Jerry Jones owns most of it. Yeah, my wife wants to go to that, though. Montana. Montana, go baby. Go Gris. Go Gris. Uh, all right, what's popping? Ty, do you have a Sex Panther pick of the night, or are you just continuing to uh, matriculate money onto the Longhorns to win the Natty? $20 a day on the Horns, so we play. <laughs> win the Natty. Keep going, baby. Good mojo. Good mojo. Mm-hmm. Don't give it in. Uh, and by the way, you, Ty, you can't be buying tickets to the game in Houston until the Longhorns win the game yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. I know it's been yeah. it's been talked about. Plans are being made, but we're not we're not pulling the trigger that, yet. Because remember, Ty That's was the one. It. Ty was the one who bought Final Four tickets when the Longhorns were up big at halftime in basketball in the Elite Eight last year. Ding, don't change it. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow morning, signing day. We'll have you covered. Five hours starting at six a.m.